Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Welcome back to the pod, ladies and gents. We are here in the mix. Me and your boy, Matt Walter. How you doing, sir? I am here. I am fired up. We are going to shoot from the hip and do a little round robin. And I'm excited because Devin, as always, comes with it. And uh, he's got some really good uh, tweets from the abyss that we're going to go into. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, a lot of things. I mean, shoot, somebody shot somebody accidentally at a protest, an armed protest in Louisville this weekend. We got uh, paramilitary-style uh, units on the uh, streets of Portland um, just disappearing people, kidnapping them off the street, throwing them in the vans. And, uh, man, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's packed. And so we really just wanted to kind of just – give our thoughts in like not a real structured way on all of the goings on, um, you know, uh, cases of COVID-19 are on the rise. Testing is now an issue again. Uh, the, the amount of tests, the NFL said that they're going to test players and staff every single day, uh, in their training camp, uh, for two weeks straight. Uh, is that fair? Uh, given, you know, the, uh, people who, who may need tests and need to get their results back. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about Devin. Oh, I mean, like you said, it's popping right now. Uh, it's going off. I think it's a weird state of affairs. It reminds me of uh, the Adam Curtis movie hypernormalization, where it's just that, like, things are so fake that, like, they become real. You know what I mean? And you come to, like, accept, like, shit that, like, you couldn't accept as being real. Like, it's, it seems so fake, but that just becomes your daily reality, and then you accept it. So, like, you know... There's like riots on the street. It's like a huge big deal. And then it's like months later and it's like, oh, they're still going on. But like, it's just normal now. This is what's happening. It's just normal. You know, and and COVID, I don't know. COVID thousand people are dying today. It's just, oh, you know, this like every day. Like, you accept like, it. When you see it. You just accept it. I, and you know what? It's funny that you say that because when I was in, when I was in Iraq and in and, and war, when we first got there, everybody was super hyper alert. Like when the first time that we broke the wire and the first time that like we chambered around, right? And, 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 and you're just like. It was realer than it's real. It's realer right? than real, right? And you're just on alert and you're looking around and everything's freaking, you know, you're just on, on, on edge. And then six months later, you're rolling down the same road and everybody's asleep in the back of the truck. <laughs> like, even though you know what I mean? Because it's even more. Da- hey, it might be even more dangerous now than it was when you first rode it. Absolutely, absolutely. So the things that you see every day, you you adapt to them, and they just become the the normal, and you just accept it. And I think that was kind of the strategy of what they were were hoping. And and I think it it actually came out from the administration that somebody admitted that they were like, we're just hoping that Americans just live with the death toll, rising death toll, and you know the numbers are just the numbers, and um, you know it's uh it's not worse than the flu and the heck with our masks and everything else that comes with it right um yeah, I but mean, i think like people people mistakenly like you get desensitized right you get desensitized whatever you want to whatever your idea of desensitization is um it really is a, a, you're you're just it doesn't affect you the same way you're just not well, as attuned to it it doesn't cut as deep Exactly. And that hypernormalization thing, that's like a cultural affect. People want to blame one single event or person. That's why people want to be like, oh, it's Trump. Like before Trump, things were great where it's like, no, like 98% of shit was kind of just as bad as it always has been. It was just papered over by civility and good intentions and, you know, hope and catchphrases and marketing. But like, you know, the global empire and military industrial complex and the need for perpetual war, that's an American cultural state that's become insidious. It's like we're still in Iraq, we're still in Afghanistan, you know, we're still fighting wars on terror and wars on drugs, drugs and wars Poverty. that can't be won because they're conceptual and they cost infinite amounts. Of, we're, not, we're not fighting the war on poverty. That was a war they gave up. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They, they, spent, they, they didn't want to win that war because that war means you can't fight the other wars. They're ill-conceived. Those are the ones that make you money. I mean, they're ill-conceived wars. You make money from the war on drugs. You don't make money from the war on poverty. Mm -hmm. You spend money on that. That one's a cost. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, only, it it's only social welfare. There is no like there on, is no War on drugs is like, well, we can spend $100 million on this because then everybody we put in jail, we get to contract out for $0.19. Cents. Right. And we can make money in every level 
of that. Yeah. Oh, no, we're going to build the prison. Now we're going to, you know, these, put these contracts. So now we're going to, uh, the commissaries, like it's just a structure mm-hmm. of exploitation. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's an interesting state of affairs to be in. And I think really like we're so normalized with COVID. But you're, the potential of but you're really, but you're really like right. It's a, it's a confluence of all of that, which, which which desensitizes the masses even more. Because what happens is, is that it's just so much, so often, all the time, and you're just like. I don't even. I'm not even going to open up my phone anymore and look at the news. I'm not going to even turn on CNN or even any of this bullshit because you're just. It just beats you down, and you're just like, I'm not in control of anything. Everything is out of control, um, and I and and I just need to shut it off, and I need to focus on what I need to focus. And God willing, I'll get through this like you know, relatively unscathed with a job and exhale and everything else. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting. Uh contrast in the state of affairs because i mean obviously we're very fortunate and i think we're like most people where you know you're disconnected from all these things that are going on they're happening but most people aren't part of the riots it's like you most were saying yeah because i protests. feel really insulated from it because it, it when it started rising back up you know when this when this whole federal troops um you know and i guess they're dhs right um and uh, border patrol and other um i would say Factions, smaller factions of of the Department of Justice, and not and not the military, because obviously that would uh, you know break so many federal laws. And this you know is is from some scholars' minds saying that they are breaking federal law by having these these men out there. Um, but uh, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the, the state of affairs though, where we've reached where people can basically be federal agents not identifying themselves in any way, either by uniform or by, you know, badge or name, things like that. You know, we, we saw that in the protests. There's cops with, uh, you know, stripes over their badge IDs and masking their faces. I mean, if you're an agent of the state and you don't identify yourself, to me, you are no longer an agent of the state legally because you haven't identified yourself. Exactly. Anybody. And that's, a, that's the Breonna Taylor thing where they're like, oh, we said we were, we were cops. And neighbors are like, no, they didn't say they were cops. How do we know who you are if you're just barging into our house at night with guns and we're just random people? Like, like you didn't identify yourself. To us, you're just attackers. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what you are because you aren't acting in a, like a, a legal capacity when you do anything. You can always do things under the guise of legality on top of that. But just, it's an interesting way to contrast things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with uh, that further. You know, what's going on in in Portland with the, uh, you know, federal agents being involved. Because, I mean, I've heard things that even – this isn't verified. I don't want to, like, you know, throw uh, chum to the sharks when things aren't confirmed. I mean, we're hearing things that, like, you know, potentially they're they're using contractors or things like that. Yeah. Blackwater style. Yeah. What what do you think what do you think they're doing this for? Like what purpose does it serve? Is it like Trump specifically trying to do it to like stroke this culture war for the election? Is it just like a natural response of the state to like enforce the economic state? You know what I mean? Here's what I think it is. I think that Trump's lost control of everything else within this government, right? With everything else. And he's and and, and, and he doesn't like that, right? He likes to be able to manipulate. Uh, and with this uh, COVID-19, it's, it's really a problem. This is something that he can actually control in some respects. The level of force, what they're doing. It looks like he's taking action. He doesn't have to... He doesn't have to really... He can he can he can he can victimize the the he can make he can make the he can victimize the 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 forces right because he can say that hey these people are attacking he's doing this is what he's doing right he's painting them in the picture of these aren't protesters these are anarchists these are Marxists these are these are these are communists these are these are people that are revolutionaries that are against America and uh, trying to equate the the that you know. It's interesting because I saw this. I saw this poster that somebody had that said um, that it's interesting that protesting that P- America feels is well. America is so racist that they feel like protesting racism in America is a protest against America. <laughs> I mean, everything like you just said right there. You know, where it's like whether or not you believe in any of those ideologies—socialism, Marxism, communism, anarchism—those are political ideologies. And I thought the whole concept of America was that it's about 
I mean, at least conceptually, we know it's not true, but it's about the arena of ideas and free speech and debate. So in theory, those are just political positions and you should be able to validate or invalidate them through the strength of your arguments. And they all either have or do not have validity. Well, I find it interesting. The argument they're making, though, is literally that like, no, those positions are all inherently bad to the point of where like they can't even be part of the debate or part of the discussion. America is inherently and always will be, you know what I mean, a republic. It'll be capitalist. It'll be, you know, Christian Judeo values. It'll like those are like the core tenets that they want to make sure exist in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. And if you allow those core tenets to exist, they kind of make sure that the other structural tenets exist. Right. It's like we talked about before with the institutional aspect. Yeah. And it's very interesting because these same champions of free speech are the same people that are, you know, cheering the same martial law. Right. And, and, and the, and the militia, they do, they pick and choose. It's, it's funny because these militias, these, these don't tread on me militias, uh, you know, from, from Michigan and Montana and all these other places um, who are heavily armed. It, it, this is what they're, this is what they've, they've espoused to fight against is actually, yeah, you, know, you know, these people are the ultimate hypocrites. That's like the Ben Shapiro types where they're like, you know, like uh, Colin Kaepernick shouldn't kneel. They should kick him out of the league. Right. You know, like that, that free speech uh, should be silenced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's the free speech we need to be worried about. Yeah. This we like stuff. They're, they're not, they're not concerned about this at all. They're like, oh, like, this is totally cool. Like these people are, are causing chaos. We need to, you know, show, show a force. Show force, I mean, right? Se- se- Second Amendment. We're, we're, we won't everyone have a gun. Then all of a sudden, a bunch of Black Panthers show up with guns. We need to do something about these guns. Yeah, do something about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. always the same people who always want to like. Uh, we want to champion this value, and then the second it turns against us in any way, we're like, yeah, this value is only for the right type of people, though. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know oh, what I mean, oh, we didn't mean it for you. Not. Uh, this was coming. This like is coming the, from hey, a centrist place. It was about myself. And, and they and they want to like argue that shit isn't systemic where it's like I talk about it with the constitution it's that same confluence that it's all about like how does it apply to me and my position and benefit me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. structurally yeah. Hey, and like Senator Ron Wyden, who's uh, from Portland, um, and he's a senator for the uh, this represents the state of of, of uh, of Oregon, uh, he's, he actually said, I quote, the violent tactics deployed by Donald Trump and his paramilitary forces against peaceful protesters are those of fascist regime, not of a dem- democratic nation. And, you know, when I first heard, the, I, I, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a uh, Dan Rather retweeted something about the van uh, and the unmarked vehicles and people snatching uh, protesters off the street. And the first thing I thought of, uh, and, and you brought it up today, was uh, was was early early German tactics, right? Early SA, yeah, yeah early Gestapo stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Gestapo. I mean, secret police, yeah. secret police have done that anywhere before the Nazis. That's been like a popularized. Uh, military police approach, whether it was military or not. Absolutely. I mean, I mean think about Argentina rap. in the 1970s. I mean, they used to like disappear like an oh. entire like stadium full of people. Yeah, you can go through all that in America and all the coops we we supported and all the people that got disappeared there. Actually, I mean, you said something pretty interesting that uh, you know I think is a good segue into our uh, into our abyss is uh, is is about a coup, and oh, yeah. uh, you brought this to uh, to light, and I am. I'm disappointed. Um, I'm I'm shocked. I, I I really am. I I mean, he's there's some outlandish things that's come out, you know, from from this person. And um, how can you be shocked by anything this person? Well, it's true. I guess I guess you're right. But like, you know, at the same time, like there's things. So the first time that I watched like one of those Falcon Nine rockets, right, freaking come back down and land on that barge in the middle of the ocean, I was like. That's a freaking amazing moment for Amer- from for for the world, for humanity yeah. to see that, right? And so it really made me like I was like, wow. And you know, and then you hear the story about how um, you know, after PayPal and he and and Elon had some money and he went over to Russia and uh, you know, he was going to buy some old ICBMs from them and apparently they said something and he knew what they had said. They they guess they were they were kind of like insulting to him and he was like, "Well, well, F you like I'll go buy I'll go build my own rockets and he ended up doing it so like this whole thing and then like you hear stuff like this and you're just like oh my god <laughs> like well, first, it's exactly what you think you just hope that it's not about that you think it's like more altruistic it's more about like exactly like the the purpose but I guess you get to a certain level a certain size a certain dollar amount a certain net worth and then 
things just get weird. I think we over uh, lionize and overvaluate uh, typically one man's contribution to success in an enterprise like this. You know, we love the great man myth, the Alexander the Great, the one man charging into battle, leading his army of legionnaires against the hordes of barbarians and overcoming them through his sheer divine will and inspiration. Bill Gates didn't didn't write the code for Windows. You know what I mean? He didn't build the operating system that got sold. Elon Musk did not design and build himself the rocket. He was integral in orchestrating that with his money that, you know, uh, he got from some nefarious means, some would argue. And for that, he should be credited. I mean, the man is a genius in certain ways. But there was a team of thousands of geniuses working together to make that possible who all in direct ways contributed just as much, if not more than Elon. That yeah, but we, but having the money and being the figurehead allows you to kind of take credit for it. But we I think always it allows people to lionize somebody is like, Oh, like look at what Elon Musk did. Like, well, I don't Tesla think, did, I don't think it's like, or, you know, I don't like, think it's like his company did under his directions. Kind of what it is. Yeah. And I don't think that I, I, I see what you mean. And, and, and you're, and you're right in certain ways. I think there is some, some, Certain. Tesla gets five billion a year right now in government subsidies. This billionaire, this guy who's saying people shouldn't get uh, rent checks, a man who made his money, uh, the son of an em- a South African emerald mine owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, I'm sure you know, above board place. You know, pre-apartheid South Africa, son of an emerald mine owner. So you know, uh, th- this is a man who comes from wealth and has always been wealthy, and to lead to the coup. Uh, that we're going to talk about situation uh, that he just tweeted about. It's very emblematic of somebody who feels that, you know, they are of the other. They are of a divine right to be in control of the world and who has what uh, resources and who does well with them. So basically he had tweeted uh, another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people. In my opinion, he tweeted that a couple of days ago. It's a big debate right now. Obviously everyone's broke. They're going to get evicted end of the stimulus blah 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 so that's what he tweeted you know a guy who gets whose company gets five billion dollars a year in government subsidies i mean he you don't become a billionaire by earning it you become a billionaire by having the wealth inheriting it or being put in a position to exploit it from others so for somebody of his stature and position to basically like take that stance is going to get a response so somebody clapped back at him of course you know what wasn't in the best interest of people the U.S. government organizing a coup against Evo Morales in Bolivia, so you could obtain the lithium there. And he responded immediately almost to this guy, some random guy on Twitter, we will coup whoever we want, deal with it. That's Elon Musk, a billionaire, one of the most powerful technological titans of industry in the United States currently, not just saying that like America will coup whoever we want, we will coup whoever we want, as if America... And the actions it takes are synonymous with him and his own desires and intentions, almost as if, you know, he was somehow complicitly involved in this coup. <laughs> and it's funny because he tries to immediately follow up with, also, oh, we get our lithium from Australia. And somebody's like, dude, you get your lithium from Gangfeng, which gets their lithium from Bolivia. Like a Google search will tell you that. And it links <laughs> to multiple articles. So it's like, uh, you can't even like cover your own ass when you do this shit. I don't know why these guys are even on Twitter. Like when you're this rich and powerful. Yeah, that's my. Is, that's a good question. Thousands of thousands of Elon nerds will come to take a bullet for him because of like the lionization of like, no, he's this great billionaire. Well, like no man, because visionaries because visionaries are always because we because visionaries we always put up like that, right? There's Richard Branson and 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 like you said, I mean Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs was was the same way, and and they and they should and they should be given credit to see these things and be able to kind of put the you know infrastructure in place to get to wherever they need to go, um, but. Again, they're not they're not saints, right? And their ideas and their intentions are not always, um, you know, the well, best. The, the funny thing is, it's almost like you're a victim of the circumstance of the society you're built in. Because I think most people want to do good, but you have to do good in the framework of the world you're built in. So people in like technology or business. They have to think of changing the world within the industry of their sphere. Steve Jobs in computers, Richard Branson in travel, you know, uh, you know, oil tycoons in their field. Like they have to do it in that field, right? Well, if you do it in that field, it's going to be naturally exploitive, no matter what you do. 
Yeah, the structure just, is just that way. Like you can't make an iPhone and have it be successful unless the supply chain is built in a way where it exploits labor and production on multiple levels. Well, that's just because you know? the market dictates that. And if you can't, if you play outside of it and your costs are, are, are of raw materials and, and assembly or whatever it is are too much, too high, then you're, I mean, you can't compete with everybody else. You can't sell it for the same, same price, the same, you don't make the same margin. You could try to, you know, it's like, it's like people want cheap toasters, right? So that's the analogy. Like, okay, well, how much are you willing to spend for a toaster? If you're willing to spend something that's not been done with exploited labor that's made in the United States, then you're going to have to spend 170 or $70 or $99 on that toaster. It's not going to cost you $30. They figure so everybody, so what I'm saying is everybody has to be on, on board for that game. You see yeah. what I'm saying? That to, to, uh, not, exactly. to not exploit you know, people, it's like what, you know, it's like the argument against LeBron James and some of those other guys, you know, because they, you know, speak out and, uh, against, uh, you know, about human rights and everything. And you're like, Hey man, like, you know, the, the, the Nikes, you know, that are making you, you know, millions of dollars a year, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year are also made, you know, uh, you know, by people that make a couple dollars a day, you know? I mean, well, it's like the irony about Tesla too, like Nikola Tesla, one of the greatest, one of the real geniuses. Albert Einstein level genius, true genius of our times, Nikola Tesla, a man of hundreds of patents. He gave away dozens of them right. of his patents for to better the world because he didn't he, he didn't want it be, his not, ability to tap into this genius of knowledge of technology to be used to perpetuate a system of enslaving man to it. He wanted like us to use this to better the world. And that was kind of like, in my opinion, you know, the Einsteins, the Teslas, the true genius where like you discover things and then you want to share them in a way where it kind of like undercuts the system. Like here he had this thing, a patent, which is so valuable, right? Oh, you can make millions, billions off this. He's like, nope, everyone benefit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. well, when, when, when the genius- Like Jonas Salt, right? When, yeah, when the genius salt. and the noble intention combine- you see these type of actions and these type of individuals, and these are the type of people we should be lionizing. Not somebody like Bill Gates, who you know they've been spending twenty years giving away their fortune only to triple. You know, like we, we we lionize the charity of that person and not the charity of people who truly give in a way where it's his, not coming. But back his, to you. but his, he had. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? Like Bill Gates giving away a lot of money. Bill Bill Gates is sitting on so much wealth right now that it's about control of uh, how it's distributed. I mean, Bill Gates right now could snap his fingers and single-handedly end uh, homelessness in the United States immediately. And his bank account wouldn't be that much worse for the wear. Yeah, but don't you think that's a simplified like idea of complex problem? Like you're like, okay, he can snap his fingers. He's got the money to 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 do this. But you know, there's so many other complicated, more complicated things that come with homelessness, right? Yeah, man, you can't just relocate people, right? You just can't take people somewhere. Like you can't force. But you can't no, you force can them to live there, right? And there's no. But you can build housing. You can build public housing. Well, that's true. But I'm just saying, like a lot of countries have done. Yeah, but a lot of people don't want. A lot of people don't want to live there. But bro, homeless people would usually rather. That's crazy to me because Finland did this. Finland did this recently. They're like, we have a homeless problem. You know what we need to do? We need to build a bunch of. But they have these shelters and things, right? And that's what. And that's one of the problems is that like sometimes like people don't refuse to use. No, but but Finland built public housing. Finland's got similar problems to us. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say like it's exactly the same. Ours is on a larger scale, but they had a similar problem with homeless people, and they couldn't get rid of it. And after a while, you said, you know what? What if instead of spending all this money, which we do on EMTs, cops, uh, street cleaners, all the people who have to arrest, clean up the piss and shit, and deal with the homeless people every day, what if we took that money that we're spending on this person? You know what an average uh, ambulance trip costs for a homeless person? It's $2,500. Guess who pays for that? The taxpayer. Some people take 50 to 100 a year homeless people because yeah. they're junkies on the street. Yep. They're costing us a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. I know you we'd always rather, see them with the- We'd rather that person live on the street in filth and shuffle them back and forth to a hospital at the taxpayer's expense, then put then build a decent house for them to live in because we'd be giving it away to them. Like that's literally. Hey, I'm not saying humanity. that we shouldn't do it. I'm just saying that like blaming one person to that he's not spending all. I'm not his saying money Bill Gates is individually responsible. <laughs> I, I think I all, all billion. I think all billionaires are personally. I think when you accrue that much wealth and you sit on it, basically unspent wealth 
is wealth wasted because in that moment it could be helping other people. Bill Gates can't ever use more money. Which in turn would like help them. Like Bill Gates, let's say he only had a billion dollars and he could never have more. Would his quality of life ever get worse? No. In the meanwhile, that $99 billion could help billions of people's lives immediately go from like instant death to like middle class life and like build new societies and hospitals and infrastructures and not just him, but like anybody with that much money. And like I said, it's not just him. It's not like Bill Gates is some evil genius who's like, no, no, I'm going to. No, but it's like you said, people hold on to this power so they can wield influence. Right, people. It's people influence. It's pressure. It, it's a hero's mentality where everyone becomes the hero of their own story. So you become rich in the system, and then that leads you to believe, well, oh, the system's telling me I'm good, and therefore I need to be using my money for good. So therefore, whatever my beliefs are, I need to invest. And they had the thing on sixty. That's the influence I'm talking about. The, yeah, they brought the billionaires on for the giving, the giving uh, pledge or whatever, where you pledge to give away uh, ninety percent of your net worth or whatever. Yeah, 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 Maybe it was right. all of it. And they had Bill Gates, they had all these people on. Well, the thing was, though, they let you choose what you give it away for. And, like, some of these people, they want to give it away to charter schools, man. That's, like, very, like, politically scary and disingenuous stuff where you're like, okay, in this moment right now, we could, like, end global hunger or global famine. And you're like, no, no, I want to, like, 40 years from now, make sure we get some charter schools in Uganda so they can learn about Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but... The system that allows you to get that money then allows you to choose how that money's used. Like, shouldn't there be a cap? Yeah, but that's free speech, right? Power money is well, speech. If money is speech, then isn't being broke mean you don't have anything to say? Yeah, that's 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 the conundrum. That's the conundrum. But money is speech, right? Because that's yeah, exactly you is, just you just say. I mean, you literally, that's exactly what you just said. They rule corporations <laughs> and people. Yeah, right. Right. So therefore, money is speech. Right on. So. Let's talk about making matters worse. Yeah. So, you know, our favorite uh, yes queen, the slave queen herself, Nancy Pelosi. Let him eat ice cream. Praise be she of Jenny's uh, ice cream fame with her dual fridges, you know, taking a knee for a dude's name she can't even remember. And Uh, Wakananda. She's a killer. So uh, our boy, Jeff Stein, he's a Washington uh, uh, Post White House economics reporter. He... Dropped this this tweet earlier today. It's a new one. This is a real tweet. Nancy Pelosi says she has a new name for President Trump. Mr. Make Matters Worse. That'll get him. Boom comes the dynamite. Cross the mic. I just see that meme. I, I, wonder, with, I, I just see how... that meme with that dude in front of his people. Like you guys can't see what oh, I'm doing yeah, right now. Yeah. But like, oh, the, 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 fa- the, fam- oh. the famous one. The most famous, like you got owned, Jeff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Slides across the camera. Slides across. Boys lose got their that minds. little thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I just, somebody, somebody summed up perfectly in this troll response. Uh, they, they go by the hilarious uh, Twitter handle, Limited Breadsticks. Uh, goes, Trump deploys fascist paramilitaries to suppress free speech. Pelosi, I see Mr. Too Damn Golfin still working on his swing. That's right. You know, like, this is how you respond when you're the third most powerful politician, maybe even second most powerful politician in the country, Speaker of the House. Yeah. You know, Where's the investigation in this somebody Russia bounty? If somebody does fascism, Matt, if somebody does fascism, you call them the name. That's what you do. That's and to, you in this day and age, it's, it's Twitter. You just take it to Twitter. This is it's Twitter diplomacy. We got, you know, heck yeah. You just say, listen, Mr. Make Matters Worse. <laughs> we were talking about liar, this liar, pants on fire. Where it's funny because it's like they could do something about it, but they really don't want to. They just want to win this like cultural aspect of it, where it's like you know, we're better than this. Well, I think. It. Do you think it? We're not going to do, do, it, do anything about but it. Do you but think it lends it. itself a little bit to like democrat democratic smugness, like where they're kind of like, well, we're just going to show them in, ele- in the election in November, and just it's going to be this blue wave, which is just kind of like getting lulled into the false idea that you're going to win no matter what that Hillary Clinton did four years ago. I think it's just like. You know, I mean, because like we we identified that they, they, these people are smug as shit, right? I mean, like, oh, of course. That, like this, is all, of this is all just, you know, dog and pony crap. Like, you know, it's whatever. Like you said, they couldn't remember George Floyd's name on the House floor. I mean, well, I mean, it's like a lot of this stuff's too. It's like a lot of people hate Nancy Pelosi and they just hate her for her views. But like, you know, like most things, there's an interesting story behind everything. I hate them because they don't do shit. 
Uh, for sure, Matt, for sure. But I'm saying everybody's story is interesting, and then you come to understand their viewpoints better. So I listened to a very long interview with Shahid Batar, who I believe is running in the congressional district against Nancy Pelosi, and he's the first serious challenger she's like had in 30 years. Like nobody even runs against her ever. Mm-hmm. Like she just like wins un- unopposed. And he's like the first dude that's like actually standing up for her. And he's like, you know, like true, like true leftist instead of this like fake neoliberal. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's going to win, but he's posing a stark, stark contrast to what it means. And he went on a uh, podcast and gave a great interview and he talked about her coming up uh, in politics. She used to be like one of like the main fundraisers, uh, organizers, for a very prominent uh, liberal politician in that time. And she was friends with him, of course, and his wife. And when he passed, his wife encouraged her to take his seat. Mm. So you already have this history of, well, she was helping this politician raise money. And then when he left, the wife's like, hey, you're hey, you have all these contacts. Money. You're already you here. You're the one that got the money. In place. Yeah. So you kind of see this entrenched embedding of like how this person get into politics. What were their goals? What were their like, drives? Like, oh, you raised a bunch of like private money for somebody. And then she knew she then, could win. She was like, oh, I could do this. Could and then you knew you already had the connections and or the, the money mechanisms to make it happen. So, you know, that person becoming involved in politics, I really think you can see kind of, you know, the root of who they are. Yeah, like, there wasn't some like noble endeavor, are. right? It wasn't like somebody that came up and was like, I see this, you know, uh, you know, this injustice on the street and I experienced it and I live or here. Or even like I see it and I want to do something about it. Like they don't want to do anything about it. They just want to play the civility game and be like, we're better than this. We'll call you a name that's not even that offensive. Yeah. You know, like, like, like if they had some I'm going to write a like, strongly I, worded letter. Yeah. I've got a new name for like, 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 like the president. Like, President, go fuck yourself or something like that. Like, oh, I can't believe she said that about the president. Like, but they would never cross the civility line. They need to make sure that, like, it's always cordial. Because you know what? What if they said that about us? Mm-hmm. Can't, ever have, can't ever have people saying mean words about us. You know, we need to always agree that we can disagree. Right? We agree to disagree. Cordially. Agree to disagree. Civilly. About anything. No matter how inhuman. I will not be impugned. Yeah, so that that's the the hotness she's dropping. Mister Make Matters Worse. Wait for the next one. I mean, you remember she she did the slow clap that one time at oh, the yeah. State State of the Union, oh, yeah. or she like she, one, she like, ripped, up, her, like, she ripped out, up his speech, put her put her hands like out there and like clapped at him, right? Hey, she ripped she ripped the speech right behind oh. him. Oh, that was very impressive, intimidating, Ooh. right? But zero nice. oversight. Let's. There's no. There's and, no. And, and then oversight. he read it. <laughs> and then he read the speech that she read out <laughs> in front of her too. I'm mean, like, what did you do? Cool hey, story. So, so yeah. do you make a budget? Do you make a monthly uh, budget? I don't, but I remember when I did. I remember when I got out of college, and I'm like, all right, you you, you ain't got uh, you know anybody to lean on. You need to figure this shit out yourself. This is what you're making. This is what you're spending. And you write it down, and you're like, God damn, like, I need to cut back on some shit. Like, I'm not making enough money for, for how I want to be living. Yeah. And, I mean, that was probably, like, a very meager, middle-class existence. You know what I mean? $40,000 $40, a year, in my opinion. Uh, middle-class existence in the modern American city. San Francisco, New York, Austin, Chicago, and, you know, places like that. You know, you want to live a decent single-person life. You probably need about forty grand. i am saying. Don't mm-hmm. you think? What's that? Forty to grand. live is like forty grand to live is like a decent single person's existence in like a major American city. Yeah, forty, fifty grand. Yeah, yeah, fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, fifty, fifty. You're not going to have to be budgeting as much. Forty, you're going to have to be. Budgeting. Yeah, forty. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're squeezing it. Yeah, yeah. you're living Absolutely. in downtown San Francisco or LA or, or New York or whatever. You know, you'll, you'll live, but it's not going to be like you know, you're popping bottles. Right, you're, you're right. Buying, yeah, yeah. You're, buy, you're buying petticoats. Yeah. So you'd be fronting yeah, in the but, club though. But the know? reason you brought that up was uh, we came across this interesting. Uh, tweet from uh, just a, a random Twitter personality, Lynn Duet, who uh, dropped up that uh, the tweet is that this is proof that rich people are so incredibly out of touch with reality. And it's a screenshot of McDonald's and Visa partnership to show fast food workers that they can live on eight twenty five an hour if they budget. Unfortunately, that budget includes working a second job and not spending anything on heating. Interesting. So they have a sample monthly budget where you make eleven hundred from your first job. Eleven hundred dollars. You know that's working forty hours a week. Think about that. Eleven hundred dollars. Your second job is getting you nine fifty five. So now you're doing, you know, eighty hours a week, right? You're you're doing. 
Well, so you're working. Days, so what are they saying? You're 12, so you're doing twelve hour days with Saturdays, right? You're, you're doing eighty hours a week. Yeah, is that what it is? Is it eighty hours? Because like you're making less of the second job, but it's only about a week's less. So, oh yeah, like let, let's say you're working seventy hours, right? That's what they're saying. Seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So they got their monthly expenses broken down, and uh, you know, uh, notice you could save a hundred dollars. Yeah, they're saving a hundred dollars. They have zero dollars for heating. Zero for heating, twenty for health insurance. Because that's what health insurance. I don't know what you spend, Matt. I spend about like like three hundred dollars plus a month as a single healthy, uh, uh, you know, dude in his thirties who's never had health problems. Mm-hmm. It's three hundred plus. Rent budget twenty. Mortgage rent six hundred dollars. <laughs> you can't you can't find a studio apartment in San Diego for six hundred dollars. No, you, this is not for like you can't live in a major city. This is like for people who live in the. The boonies where like yeah. you, know, you can get a trailer yeah. or you can get a yeah. single one bedroom for exactly. three hundred dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Stuff like that, four hundred dollars. Yeah, this is not. Those. This those is and, not and this is like no. I don't even know any major American city six hundred dollar rent like that is, is any place that you'd want to live. And so in this budget, there's nothing for food. So you know what else there's daily, nothing for? What <clears throat> daycare? Yeah, bro, but you can't have kids, bro. You know that. You're not you're not allowed to like produce kids if you you haven't earned that rice. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, but they uh, they budget zero dollars for heating, uh, and they give you eight hundred dollars left over after all the expenses. So you got to spend twenty. There goes that daycare. That's that daycare money. That's gone. It's more than $27 that. Twenty seven dollars a day, including food. I mean, you're telling people, all right, you need to have three five dollar meals a day uh, with no snacks. And be careful on actually like buying anything outside of that, you know, like clothes, hygiene products, uh, you know, gas. They don't have gas Dude, they, on this. They didn't even right? put. They, they got didn't, car pay, They've got car payment, but they, they don't. don't have they gas. don't have gas, and they don't have food. Like gas. There's not gro- groceries like, are not on there. Like I'd that's a like that's <laughs> like that's, that's a pretty that's a staple of life. Like you have to eat. Like all they, of those they, other things, like cable and phone, they have on there as a hundred dollars. First of all, each of those cost a hundred dollars. If you want good me, cable bro. and they, a phone, me. <laughs> they listed fucking car insurance, but they didn't list gas or like, groceries. Hey, There's hey, no hey, groceries. Hey, <laughs> but, but they're like, but, but you don't need to eat, bro. You know, you can go thirty days without food. So that no, man. You know why they didn't do that yeah. is because like if they did that, half of that monthly spending total would be freaking gone. And given the groceries at four hundred dollars, because it's like they're like car payment one hundred and fifty dollars. It's got to be such a shit car to be one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Yeah, like a fucking like Pinto, what? like a Mazda Miata, like from nineteen ninety two. I remember the so first car down. I financed. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars a month, and I and it was you know I think that was like eleven thousand dollars at the time or something like. Because I'm saying they're talking about you financing like a five thousand dollar car, like an absolute piece of shit. But it, they're like, you got to have insurance for that. Right. And somehow a like car insurance and home insurance is a hundred dollars a month. Okay. I mean, I could see that, uh, but like you gotta have your car insurance. No man, because here, here it you is. Don't have, you don't gotta have gas. The, you don't gotta drive it, the, but you gotta have that insurance. The car insurance. You don't gotta have the insurance unless you drive it. The car insurance, first of all, is probably a hundred dollars a month on its own in real life. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, like, you're young kid because you're because you're assuming, so cause I'm assuming, I'm assuming that this person is young, right? I'm assuming that this person is young. Um, you know, not not why high would, school why because would you assume that. Uh, the only reason I'm assuming that it's young is because it's entry level at the at at that at that uh, at McDonald's, you right? Know, you know how many minimum wage jobs there are in this country? Well, I understand that, but I'm just I, I I'm just I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. So, but my whole point was is that car insurance for younger people is more expensive than for for somebody who's uh, who's older. Um, and you know, you know the other thing that's not factored into this. It's expensive to be poor. You know, you you're, 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 you get behind on payments. What do they do? They charge you more money. <laughs> you you, you when you borrow money, when you borrow money, you borrow it, borrow it at a higher rate, um, which you makes go to your cash payments. Advance place, right? So you, you have advance, to go to cash, cash advance place if you're if you run out, and then all of a sudden now you're lending, you know, ten percent, eighteen percent of your of your paycheck to uh, to get it two days early uh, to pay some bills because they landed on a weird day, or maybe you had an unexpected expense, or maybe you just had to buy some groceries, or maybe you had to heat your house according to this, and it just cut into that budget so deeply. Uh, that you didn't it's have any money left. Permeates, bro. It permeates into everything that like we talked about. You know, like if you need a good pair of boots, like a good pair of workers' boots, might be three some steel toed, like a workman's boot, blue collar man's boots. 
I'm gonna make 300 bucks for a good pair of boots. Those boots will last you all year though, maybe two years. They'll be quality ass boots. Well, you can't afford that if you're broke all the time. Maybe you can get a $50 pair. Those things fucking break after two months. So you gotta buy six of them over the course of the year, which costs 300 bucks. You don't have any afterwards, they're garbage, and the entire time your feet still get mangled. Mm -hmm. Just because you didn't have the money to start with. So it puts you in this type of position where you're always trying to like calculate and, and make uh, judgments about what's the best decision. You know, I'm going to spend less on food, so I'm going to eat worse, so my health is going to be worse because I don't have the money to eat high quality. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now, but, so now but, but you're paying, but you're paying for it on the back end, right, with the health problems. I mean, and that's exactly it. That's why people um, – that's why they go to you – know, a lot of, uh, of, of people who don't – make a lot of money eat a lot of fast food fast food's cheap i can get a whole i can feed the whole family for twenty dollars you know not, not twenty dollars a meal my minimum wage job all day yeah i've been yeah. working yeah i've been working two jobs i can take the kids through a drive-thru i can get them all a happy meal and we're on our way yeah no you're expected to make like an organic farm fresh meal from scratch after working 16 hours that day yeah exactly yep you should be cooking cooking dinner uh Man, I, but there's so many uh, examples of people being out of touch. Um, you know, as far as the, 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 of the working class is concerned, we talked about it with Steve Mnuchin saying that that $1,200 should last, uh, what was it like 10 weeks or something that you said, uh, or, or more, um, as far as the stimulus is concerned and you had, um, you had like George Bush, H.W. Uh, Bush talking about the grocery store and, you know, didn't even understand that there was like scanners at the grocery store or something crazy like that. Um, so there's people that are super rich. Uh, John McCain saying that middle class was like $5 million net worth. You know, like they they want to shit on regular people like waiters and waitresses, people working you know, real, real jobs that you're fucking working your ass off for. They want to shit on those people for, you know, getting $600. Well, here's the, here's not, the, here's the funny thing, set. right? So, so in, Back when 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 manufacturing was thriving in the United States, manufacturing jobs were those people were considered middle class. Those people were making like a what we what we were talking about, which we, we would say like an average wage would be somewhere between forty five and sixty five thousand dollars. Right now, the cost of living was by scales lower, though. Exactly, time. but but so now these people who are in the service industries are now basically filling because it's so it's so wide and so broad that it's basically filling that manufacturing jobs role so how come we don't treat those people who are in the service industry the same way as we treated the manufacturing in in the people that that, that made things i mean because at, at the same when you think about it really it's at the same level right of 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 income and and earners and should be you know should be the same you know. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, my dad was able to, you know, like buy a house for whatever, a hundred thousand dollars and you know, go to college for a few thousand dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the actual cost in of itself to, you know, get acclimated to that uh level of society was minuscule compared to what it is nowadays. Nowadays you have to put yourself into hundreds of thousand dollars of student loan debt just to get that college degree that they tell you you need to earn the job so you can be in the debt. Yeah, exactly. And the only way we're not even going to let you, we're not going to let you be in debt. And again, that's that system, right? It's that system. It's like we were talking about exploitation. It's the same type of thing. It's the, it's set up that way. So you don't have a choice, but to, but to, but to be part of it. So then, then it just, it's a self-perpetuating type of existence because it just continues to force people to go through this process. Well, they talked about this too. And it was interesting. If you look at like how society's progressed, you know, like, uh, Post feudalism, like there used to kind of be uh, an acrimony between uh, you know the person who owned the land per se, owned the land, and the people who worked on it, because there's always going to be the presumption though that you would need the worker because the worker could always say, "Well, no, fuck you, I don't need this job. I'm going to go live over here," and they would just go into the woods and build a shanty and live off the land. Because you could do that. Everything wasn't owned by somebody in some corporation. Jobs couldn't be like dangled over your head. Like, you need to do this to survive. If you don't, you're not going to survive. You could always literally just think, no, I'm going to go fucking live in the woods and be a hermit and hunt game and, you know, whatever, build a shed and do something. You could remove yourself from the cycle. 
you could live outside of society. Yeah. You could, you had that option, but as like, you know, society rapidly increased technologically and everything became interconnected and everything became owned, it became nothing unknown. Everything became mapped and quantized. Yeah. You, you can't get off the grid unless you're like a Kaczynski type, mm-hmm. you know, where you're some, some weirdo hiding out from society, you know, there's no escape other than that, it seems. So I think that's a kind of a, a current crisis we're having is there's no alternate state of living. It's clearly our society is a very, very different set of values, and yet we're all forced. And that, and there, therein lies in the same system, dude. And therein lies the rise in mental illness. People can't escape from this at all, and 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 it's it's it, it, it's just pedal to the metal every every week you have the weekend you get you, you're off work uh, maybe you don't have the weekend maybe you are working multiple jobs um, but you just stay in this rat race and it's just a never-ending grind of of trying to uh, you know one uh, increase your own income but two you know continuously you know give back and 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 just be a slave to this 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 wheel of economy right and 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 industry and so it's really one of those things where there is no where do you unplug right and especially right now when you can't you there's the relief valves have been minimized where you can't go to a concert or you can't go to a sporting event or you can't go to any of these other things um so there's no more feelies there's no way for people to feel good anymore yeah distract themselves as easily so now everybody's packed really into this like into this you know this workflow mindset that this is you know, there, there's no escape from it right now. There's no escape from it right now. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of a scary that, place. Like, I think you said like, but I mean, that, that frames things really well uh, now that you put it like that, you know, that we've reached a state where it's funny instead of realizing that, you know, what we were doing before was ignoring all these problems and basically putting ourselves into a state of delusion where we could ignore reality and just try to distract ourselves with all these things that were fun and distracting video games and sports and amusement parks, Disney world, right? Oh, you get all that ripped away. What it should be doing is having us take a step back and saying, wow, we built a society wow. and a culture where we have completely placed our values on the wrong things. Yeah. And we've we prioritized. Com- yeah. We've, we've misprioritized. Yeah. We prioritize profits over all else and, and even our people. health and our people yeah, and we- our family. And I think that, you know, the, a lot of the work from home, you know, has kind of made people at some level uh, realize a lot of that. Um, but I, I don't think it is, though, because that's the thing. Like, that's what we, conversation we should be having. And I think, uh, you know, should be the takeaway. Instead, it's pivoted to how can we get back to normal? How, how can, can we, we get, get the back sports back? How, no, how can we get the movies open? Go back to Disney World. Just make sure you don't even walk. Like, like everything needs to get normalized again and get back to normal. Back to normal. There's that back phrase like what we're back to normal. It's like what you and I talked about when we first started this podcast again. Is everybody's talking we about back? There is no normal. normal bro. It's no. It's not normal. And and should it be? Should we get back to that place? Then that's. I think that's no, the question that you're posing not. right at this point. At this moment is maybe that's maybe we that's maybe that place was wrong. Maybe we were in a wrong trajectory. Maybe this really was was sent to get really like knock us onto another course and say, hey, listen, like we. We can we can balance this out more. We can make this work, and we can have a better life. We can have a better quality of actually being a human being and a mammal on this planet than just contributing ourselves and and, and, and throwing ourselves into this uh, economic machine of, of driving of driving you know profit. Yeah, I mean, existing in history, it's like just a perpetual set of opportunities to reexamine how we live and if we want to do anything about it like covid and these protests that's just an opportunity for us to analyze Dude, you know, so like, but but people do, are do we, do we, want, to, do we want to go people back are so change, people are you know? so afraid of losing anything anything man losing anything just holding on i mean even like if we like and you never gain nothing like your freaking haircut right like these people and i gain get, nothing and, and you risk nothing you gain nothing in life that's exactly it. So they're much. They would much rather hang on with dying, just with with everything kung fu grip, than to change the trajectory and and see the if there's a better the place unknown. into it's an unknown. unknown. If right? they stay the course, then everything is fine. And if we can revert back to a better time, 
that we can, that we always hearken back to. And this is what we talk about with conservatives, right? This is the problem with conservatives is that they always talk about going backwards into this other thing and clinging to these these other these 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 these. These historical structures that 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 have been in place that have just kept them in dogmas and everything else that has just kept them rigid. Instead of just, hey, let's let's go this way. Let's go this way. Let's do something that's different. Let's be, you know what? Let's 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 actually create social programs and 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 things that work. Let's look at policing and talk about how we can change it and how we can give funds to other organizations that might reduce the need for cops and for prisons and for all of those things, not just more authoritarian, you know, more, more militarization, more arrests, you know, bigger prisons. Let's, let's shift those gears and let's, let's see if we can actually eliminate and reduce that. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can find out ways to, 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 to educate the, the poor, um, and, 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 and the people that, about, about nutrition and that how we can you know actually talk about well-being and health and maintaining health instead but, of just you know reacting to health every one of these things is structural right like for example public education something i didn't know until later in life was that you know uh the way schools are funded public schools are by property taxes so poor yeah. areas get worse schools yeah that doesn't make any goddamn sense I thought I, I, when I was a kid, I thought it all went to some big public education fund, and then they doled it out to different areas as it was needed. Well, shouldn't that? That's where the federal government should come in and actually subsidize that to bring everything up to an equal playing field. The money's there. The money's there. See, we just spent, but we spend it, but we, but we spend it on the military-industrial complex and giving it to Boeing and everybody else, so we can throw some bombs across the Middle East and uh, continue that whole the, the you know ideology also. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's another twisted state of affairs we're dealing with. But I mean, we're getting hit with the lefts and rights, you know. But like I said, it's that hyper normalization state where whatever happens next, no matter what tweet you read, no matter what news story breaks, will you truly be shocked? Will you truly be like, like, like in? No, it just keeps or, or coming like at you. Stunned. You're just like in a state of perpetual shock. Yeah. You know, you're, you're it's permanent PTSD. It's just boom, 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 boom. It's just rapid fire. Here it comes. You know, and now we're having a hurricane that's supposed to hit Texas, and oh my goodness, like that's all Hawaii, they need right? is that they need another yeah in Hawaii, and that's all they need is they just need another uh, you know disaster on top of a disaster. But um, you know, we're not going to figure it out in an hour, uh, that's for sure. Um, but uh, but hopefully, we brought some things to light that you know kind of you know made people start to think a little bit, and that's what we always try to do. But it was always good to spend an hour with you, Devin, on a weekend, and uh, I think we got it this time. Looks like everything is working properly. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, thank you uh, for joining me, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Peace and love as always. Yeah, it's another fun one, brother. Always a good time. We will be back at you, ladies and gents, again. Much love. <laughs>